morning, Impact City. Good morning. It is so good to see you today. Can we give God one more big hand clap today? Can you just lift him up one more time? Thank you, worship team. I'm going to invite you to take your seat. I'm so excited to welcome you today for week number six of our series, Heroes. We hope you have been enjoying it. I'm excited for uh, today's uh, hero that we are going to pull out, and his name is Moses. His name is Moses. Uh, so we're excited for what um, we can learn from the life of Moses. If you have the Version app, you can follow along. The outline is there for you. You can take down notes. Um, the notes, uh, should I say, the main points will be on the screen uh, for you today. Are you ready for the word? Yes, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 it has been our key verse, our staple verse, uh, referencing what is found in Hebrews chapter 11, the, what we know as the hallmark of faith. And, and Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, I hope you have it memorized by now, um, let us throw off uh, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. The race marked out for us. In this race that we have in this world, it is so easy to become overwhelmed. It's so easy to be blindsided by problems and challenges and different things that will come and try to knock you down. We deal with it on every level. And there is not a person in this room that is exempt from the trials of this world. I'm grateful for his word that says, in this world you will have trouble. Jesus said, but be of good cheer, be of good courage. I have overcome the world, and just as I have overcome, you will also. I'm glad that there's a word that seals our destiny in Jesus' name. I'm glad that there is a word that has, a, that has power over our lives to speak to any circumstance that we find ourselves in. That th those are some things that we just have to tell ourselves that when, when anxiety comes and when depression wants to come, that I have to tell myself I, I will overcome because his word says that I will. It's so easy to become overwhelmed with the constant pressure on various levels and the problems on the right side and problems on the left side. So what I want to encourage you today with is this, that when your problems overwhelm you, when your problems overwhelm you, you have to abandon safe and live by faith. You have to abandon safe and live by faith. I want to tell you what I mean in just the next little while about abandoning safe. When we look at Moses, in this particular story that we're going to read in just a bit. We have to understand his life. We under, have, have to understand his background. We have to understand what he's been through, his trajectory. Moses is the son uh, in the home of a king, and, and he leaves that life. We understand that, that his parents hid him. Uh, we understand that Moses is born, and while uh, his parents hide him, and and Pharaoh's daughter is the one that actually gets him and then uh, hires Moses' mom to be the nanny, which is just an incredible picture of how, how God will provide and God will take care of us. But Moses grows up 
in, in the Egyptian culture, in the Egyptian home, but he's from, he's from Hebrew descent. But he leaves that life, and I'll share with you why just in just a little bit. So let's fast forward. And Moses is settled in life. We understand that he's married. He's caring for, for the sheep in Midian. And Moses abandons what is known to him for one simple reason, and that is because God calls him. God called him, and he leaves everything that he is familiar with to be able to answer the call of God that is over his life. He abandons safe. He abandons his comfort zone. He abandons what he knows to be able to live a life of faith. And there is something inside of us, and this is where the connection is for us. There is something inside of us that will constantly want to play it safe. We calculate the risk. And we look at what is the safest route to take. So Moses is living life. He's about 80 years old at this point. And this is where we pick up the story in Exodus chapter 3. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire, from within a bush, Moses saw that through the bush was, though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. I don't know about you, but I would have said there I was because of a burning bush is talking. I'm going in the opposite direction. I'm teasing. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Moses has a past, but God still chooses him. Moses has some baggage, but God still calls him. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people. This is what God is saying. In Egypt, I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And this is what it says. And I am concerned. God says, I am concerned about their suffering. Don't let the enemy. Can I say in parentheses this morning? Don't let the enemy trick you and deceive you into thinking that God doesn't care. Don't let the enemy speak into your mind and tell you that God doesn't see what you're going through. Just because you're going through it doesn't mean that God doesn't care. He said, I am concerned about their suffering. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. God sees the misery. He calls Moses. God sees the misery, and God is working on Moses. God sees the misery of his people, hallelujah, and he calls Moses. What does this mean for us? The people don't know that, that God is working on Moses in the background. 
All the people know is what is in their immediacy and what they're going through and what they're facing. But God is preparing a way out. Hallelujah. Can I tell you this morning that you can be going through some misery in life. And you can be going through a dark season, but God sees you right where you're at. God sees what you're facing. God sees the thoughts that keep you up at night. God sees it. And while you are going through that, God is working on your deliverance. We serve a God that is always at work. And while the people didn't understand it, God is over here dealing with Moses because God will always make a way out. So I want to tell you, Impact City Church this morning, that if you're going through a dark patch, a rough patch in life, can I tell you that God is working in the back? I know and I trust him to be a way maker still to this day, that he is working on the answer, that he is working on the way out, that even though you're suffering, God is calling a way out for you, that the answer is on the way. Moses is stuck in a precarious situation because he's used to the routine and he's used to just the monotony of life, the constant, the same old, same old. And God calls him, and he has a choice to make. He has a decision that needs to be made. Do I continue in the safe? Do I continue with what I have known all my life? Do I continue with the familiar? Or do I abandon safe and live by faith? So I want to cover a few things of why it's so important for us as believers, as, as children of, of God, to know why it is important for us to abandon safe. Because the first thing is safe will keep you trapped in the past. Safe will keep you trapped in the past. And as I hear this out loud, I hear the cries of people that I have talked to. I hear the cries of people that I have spoken with, and maybe you do also. A boulder that's just over their life that seems to weigh them down, chains that don't allow them to move past a certain area. They always say, I would, but my past. I would get involved and I would give God my whole heart, but my past. I would, but there's just something that's weighing on me. And maybe for some of us in this place today, it's not the people that we have talked to. But it's the voice inside, the internal monologue for some of us, our own paths. And could it be that many of us are trapped in our past because of something we've done, something we've said, and because we've done that, we ourselves totally eliminate the will of God for our lives because of it. Some of us have had things done to us, and I want to let you know that it doesn't have to continue being a part of your life. I'm not excusing it by no means, but it doesn't have to be a part of the life you live today. Yes, you'll recognize that you went through it. Yes, you'll always go to it, but it does not. Can I tell you, it does not define you. Jesus came to set us free from those chains of bondage, of baggage. Jesus came, and he came to turn our wounds into scars. Because the difference is that a wound is alive. It is still, being, it is still something that is there present, but a scar is not alive. 
It's a mark. It's a reminder of just of what we have been through. And can I tell you that the enemy wants us to think that our past is a wound, that it is still alive and that it still has weight and bearing over our lives. But I've come to, to serve notice today that it is not a wound, that it is a scar. I want to tell you that your past is forgiven and it is buried under the blood. It is buried. Uh, it is covered under the blood. I want to tell you that that your past is not alive. It's not. Uh, it doesn't identify you. Your identity comes from your heavenly Father. I come to tell you that your past does not dictate you uh, and hold you back uh, from who you want to be in life. But I I've come to tell you that God has greater things in store for you. Look what Isaiah 43:18 says in the message uh, version. It says, "Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history." How many times can we get caught up in that? Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, and I'm making river in the badlands. That God can take a, a situation that doesn't seem like there can be any way out, but He can make a way out. God is calling some of us in this place today to forget about what has happened, to not keep going over the old history that wants to repeat it in your mind, but he is telling you and reminding us through his word that he's about to make something brand new. Uh, he's about to make something brand new. The, the next thing the enemy will try to do to us, if he can't keep us trapped in our past, he will try to keep us satisfied with today. He will try to keep us satisfied with today. Can I tell you that God did not call us to settle? God didn't call us to say, this is good enough. There's a danger in complacency. There's a danger in complacency that, that we could get to a point where we amass a whole bunch of knowledge, where we gain a bunch of knowledge but not change anything, that we understand what his word says but not ever take action on his word. That's why his word says that we, ha we have to be not just hearers of the word, we have to be doers of the word. If the enemy can keep you, if he can't keep you trapped in your past, he wants to get you to believe that yes, the past is now over, but just stay here. Just stay here that this is good enough that this will be enough for us, that this is okay, that, that I just can evaluate my surroundings and say, you know what, maybe, maybe I, don't want, I don't want to adventure. I, I don't want to just keep going forward because what, what happens? What takes place? Well, I can tell you that there's a story in the Bible that, that lets us know, that warns us against this. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. This is what Paul says. He, he tells the church in Corinth, he says, it's not in your notes, 1 Corinthians 10, for I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, this is what he's talking about, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea, that they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and they all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, nevertheless this is verse 5. This is the verse that stands out. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them 
Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. We understand that there was 12 tribes. But when they got into, when they got on the brink of getting to where God had for them, what, what he had prepared for them, there was a two and a half tribes, Reuben, Gad, and half a tribe of Manassas that looked at the land. They evaluated the land and they said, you know what? This is good for my family and this is good for my cattle. Instead of pressing forward and moving into what God has prepared for me, I'd rather not take the risk. I'd rather be satisfied right here. And they made that home their dwelling place. They made that place their land, their home. But yet God had something greater prepared for them, but they stayed satisfied with where they were. Can I tell you that this just speaks volumes to me to, to know that the, that the God that I serve has something greater on the other side. And if I just keep on trusting him, and if I just keep believing him, and if I refuse to stay satisfied with today and I refuse to be complacent that I'll be able to experience all that he has for me and I don't know about you but I want everything that he has for me and not one thing less safe will keep you in the place of security Exodus chapter 2 and verse 11 says one day after Moses had grown up so we're fast forward in a few years. He went up to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. So he's understanding, yes, I'm growing up in this Egyptian home, but, but I know, I know where, where I belong. He, he watches the Egyptians mistreat the Hebrews as they're working. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. There was something inside of Moses on this day, in this instance, that, that he couldn't let this continue to happen. He couldn't let this continue to go on. One pastor referred to, to this state of being as holy discontentment. It is a state of desiring more. It is to, to know that God can do a great work unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Can I challenge you this morning that we would have a holy discontentment, that we would not be satisfied with what we're, that we're, where we're at, but to know that we could long for more in God, to be grateful, absolutely, to, to be grateful, absolutely, but to know that, that God wants more for us. And for, any, for many of us, the enemy wants us to keep saying, this is okay. I'm okay with having peace three quarters of the time. I'm, I'm okay with just obtaining some of his promises. I'm, I'm satisfied right now. And if the enemy keep, can't keep us there, if he can't keep us satisfied with today, this is what... He'll, do, he'll keep us afraid of tomorrow. He'll keep us afraid of tomorrow. Something that God has for you is greater than your capacity. Because there's always the temptation to stay right here and to say, you know what, I don't know. What, if, what happens if I get involved more in church? And what happens if I start serving? What happens if I, if I pray more? What happens if I seek God more? And we stay satisfied. And we're always just constantly thinking of what tomorrow could bring. We have to be willing to get beyond. We have to be willing to get beyond.
afraid of tomorrow is, is a difficult thing, but it's a, a realistic state of being. How many times have you laid your head at night afraid of tomorrow? How many times have you gone to bed worrying about tomorrow? God doesn't want that for us. Exodus chapter 4, verse 13 says this, but Moses said, okay, this is when God is calling Moses. When God is calling Moses to go, he's 80 years old now, to go be the deliverer, to go visit Pharaoh, to go tell him, let my people go. This is the, the conversation, and this is where we jump in. But Moses said, oh, Lord, please send someone else to do it. Send someone else to do it. I don't know if you've ever prayed that prayer. Why me? I don't know if you've ever asked God that question, why me? But if you've prayed that, you're in good company because Jesus felt that way in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said that if there is any way that this cup could pass over me, let it be done. But then he doesn't stop right there. But he says, but let your will be done, not my will. Safe is the place that makes you miss the next thing that God has for you. Safe is the place that skips out on what God wants to do in the next chapter of your life. Can you imagine where Moses' life would have ended if he would have said no? If he would have refused in his stubbornness to disobey God and say, you know what, I'm okay right here. What would have happened for Moses? And the question that I want to ask to you today that you can answer in the privacy of your own heart, what are we missing out on that God wants us to experience? What are we holding back from that God wants us to experience? Safe is the place that says, I want to make a difference, but I'm afraid to step out. Safe is the place that says, I really want my marriage to get better, but I'm afraid to take the next step. Safe is the place that says, I really want to do more, but I'm afraid of the resistance that I will face. God is calling you. God is challenging you. God is encouraging you, but you're missing it because of what tomorrow may bring. You're missing it because I don't know what will happen tomorrow, but can I tell you, I don't know what our tomorrow holds, but I know that I know who holds our tomorrow. I don't know what my tomorrow holds, but I know who holds my tomorrow. Can I, and can I tell you that the God of today will still be God tomorrow? And he takes care of us today. He will take care of us tomorrow. So what does Moses teach us? What does Moses teach us? There's three things that I want to, to share, and I'll be done. We understand through Moses' life that we can easily get trapped in the past, that we could easily get satisfied with today, and that we could easily become afraid of tomorrow. But I'm telling you today to take God at his word and to know that he will take care of you. 
Moses' life teaches us to live by faith. You have to recognize that God is already at work in you. God is already at work in you. What does this mean? To follow the process of abandoning safe is not a normal process. It's not a natural process. It's not just something that we just do automatically. Our bodies are, our, our human tendencies, should I say, are not wired that way. Because we constantly want to know the next thing. And we constantly are asking, we, we want to know where, where we're going. We want to know, we want to be able to plan it as best as we can. And for some of us, that's extremely hard to do. For some of us, we want, you, you go on a trip and you want to know what you're doing at every hour of the day. And for some of us, and some of, some of us are married to the, the opposite that says, just go with the flow. And, and it is extremely hard because I want to know where we're eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But the truth is that that is a lot of us, you know, I want to know where my marriage is going to be in five years, you tell yourself. I want to know where my health is going to be in the next two years, you tell yourself. It is abandoning safe sometimes can be a nat- is not a natural process because it requires faith. It requires us to step out. It requires us to do something that we've never done before. And can I encourage you by telling you that God is not surprised by anything, that he knows the beginning to the end, that nothing in this world happens in your life and in my life that says, hmm, I didn't see that coming. God is not surprised by anything, but that God is always and constantly at work in our lives. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. They knew that God had had a plan for Moses. So Moses' parents, at a very young age, at this infancy stage, they, they take some drastic steps and they're not afraid of whatever the king may dictate or do because they trusted God, that God had a purpose for Moses and they knew that that purpose would come to fruition, that it would be fulfilled, that it would come to pass. Can I remind you that before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. He knew you. He called you. He knew you, and he's already at work in you right now. You may not even feel like it, but you're not here by accident. You're here because he's at work in you. The God that knows the beginning from the end, the God that is the Alpha and the Omega, he is already at work in your life right now, and you just have to get to a point where you say, God, I'm going to trust you fully. I'm going to trust you wholeheartedly. I'm going to wade into the water just a little bit deeper and know that the steps of a good man are ordered by him. And as I draw to a close, Moses' life teaches us to live by faith, that we have to refuse to be defined by anything but God. We have to know that our identity comes from him. Hebrews 11, 24 and 27, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, he refused to be known 
As the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He, he regarded the disgrace for the sake of Christ as of a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. He was looking ahead to his reward by faith. He left Egypt not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Because he saw him who is invisible. If we're going to live by faith, I cannot be labeled by anything but God. I cannot be defined by anything but God. Because of the sin that you faced, some of us in this place have labeled ourselves by the experience that we've gone through. We have labeled ourselves and we see ourselves as a victim, but God calls us a victor. We see ourselves as fallen, but God sees us standing and strong. We see ourselves dead in our trespasses, but God has quickened us by the same spirit that rose Christ from the grave is alive and working in us. We have to take the label off of what this world will want to call us and what people around us will want to call us because the same people that say Hosanna one day will say crucify him the next. I can't be defined by what people call me. I have to be defined by what his word says about me. You're not labeled by past mistakes. You're not labeled by family failure. You've labeled yourself. We have to take the label off. And say, I refuse. I refuse to let that have any bearing on my life. I know what he says about me. I'm the apple of his eye. I have to know what he says about me. He calls me his own. I have to know what he says about me. That greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I have to know what he says about me. That all things work together for good for those that love him that are called according to his word. I have to know what his word says about me. That God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. I have to know what his word has spoken over me and I have to align my thinking with what his word says. And not what someone else has told me or what someone else has done to me or what someone else has spoken into me. I have to take the label off. I have to refuse the label that the enemy wants to have over our lives. And the final thing, to live by faith, Moses teaches us, impacts others around you. I told you, what would Moses' life, what, what would it have looked like had he taken that opportunity and thrown it away and said, I'm not going to move forward. I'm not going to take the next step. I'm not going to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it safe in Midian. I'm going to take care of my father-in-law's Sheep, I'm gonna take, I'm just gonna do what I've been doing for the rest of my life. I'm comfortable here, I'm okay here. And the truth is, 
Some of us have, have told ourselves that I'm okay here. I'm okay with just coming to church Sunday morning. I don't need to be in a small group. I'm okay with coming to church just on Sunday morning. I don't need to be involved. Sir, can I tell you, God wants to call. God is calling all of us to live out our purpose in him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 28 and 29 says this. By faith, talking about Moses, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. Sometimes God takes us through deep situations and through, through, through situations that, that we feel are just designed to kill us and to destroy us. But can I tell you that your enemy cannot survive in deep water? That God takes us through that. Because the, the picture that we see there is that when, when the people of Israel got on through the other side, the people, the thing that was chasing them no longer was there because it drowned in the sea. That, that that circumstance that they had to go through with their backs against the wall and with frustration rising and, and fear, no doubt, taking over, that situation that they thought was the end of their life was really what caused what was following them to just end up... And stay in that place. That when they got to the other side. And when they saw the Bible tells us. That they themselves. That they began to sing who is like the Lord. That they saw God's power. In their problem. They saw God's power in their problem. There is something that you're called to do. That if you do it, you will change people around you. That if you do it, if you're obedient to what God is calling you to do, can impact generations to come. How would, can you imagine that Moses would have thought on that day that he would be influencing us today in 2022? That when Moses was obedient, that, that when he took the blood and he sprinkled it, that the destroyer of the firstborn, the angel of death that was coming for the firstborn, would just pass because of his obedience? Because of his obedience that he tells the people, hey, we have to do this because God said it. And lives were saved that when Moses was obedient and when he lifted his rod, that the people passed on dry land. His obedience had a much larger effect than just on his life. But that people that were following him would be changed and impacted. And that people today would be changed. That those around him were impacted because of his obedience. And I want to tell you that your obedience will have a much larger effect than what you and I could ever imagine. But we just have to trust and know that he's good. And I have to trust and know that he is faithful. And I have to trust and know that he cares for us. So I don't know what you're facing this morning. I don't know what you're going through that wants to keep you trapped in the past or keep you satisfied with today or wants to keep you afraid of tomorrow but can I tell you that God does not want that for you that we have to say you know what God I'm going to live by faith I'm gonna I'm going to take a step 
And whatever that looks like for you, maybe that's you on an individual level, or maybe that's you corporately as a family, together, collectively as a family. Maybe that looks like, what does that look like for you? But to know, you know what, God, you're tugging at my heart, and I know that you're, you're calling me to do something. You're challenging me. He wants to work through you. And my urge to you today is that we let him. Father, we thank you today. We thank you today that you're always at work. I thank you that we're defined by you, that our identity is in you. I thank you that I'm not held back by my past. I thank you that that's covered by the blood. I thank you that the experience that I went through doesn't hold me back. I thank you that the weight that is on my shoulders, worried about what has happened, worried about what is to come, I thank you that that is not too much for you. And I thank you that you've come today, God, to remind us that we can cast all our care on you because you care for us. God, I thank you right now that somebody that came into this place overwhelmed and came with a heavy burden is finding comfort and finding strength in you. I thank you, God, that you always see us. You don't just see us at our best, but you see us at our worst, and you still call us your own. God, help each of us in this place live the life that you've called us to live. Help each of us maximize the potential that is on the inside, God, and help us be obedient to your call that we would always, always trust you, that we would be challenged to abandon what, what is comfortable and what is safe and to, to be able to live by faith and trust you at your word. I thank you for hope. I thank you for restoration. I thank you for a new perspective. I thank you for healing. I thank you for moving in our hearts, for stirring us up, and for doing a great work. We thank you today with every head bowed and every eye closed. You're here today and maybe you're carrying some things that are just eating away at you and just consuming you. Can I tell you that God sees you? And he says, bring me your shame and bring me your guilt. He says, bring me your hurt, bring me your pain, bring me your loss. You're trying to, to do things on your own and you're trying to navigate through life in your own strength, but God is calling you today and you've never made the decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. You've never made the decision to say, you know what, I'm going to get out of the driver's seat. I'm okay with being in the passenger seat. And letting him be the Lord of your life. He calls you today. He calls you today and he says, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and if you open the door, He'll come in.
So with every head bowed and every eye closed, we don't like to close out our service without giving you an opportunity to make that first time decision to take the first step towards your new life. If that is you today, and you say, today's the day that I'm tired of trying to work things out on my own. I'm try, I'm, I've been hitting just patch after patch after patch, and I can't do this any longer. I need a Savior. I want to tell you his name is Jesus. If that is you today, and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus, I want to invite you to raise your hand right where you're at. Every head bowed, every eye closed. He calls you just as you are. I see you. God bless you. I see you. God bless you. He calls you just as you are. And he says, I love you with an unconditional love. People may tell you that they love you, but they'll turn their back on you rather quickly. That's not what you'll find in God. So I want everybody together to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for taking my place, for bearing the weight I could not bear. I give you my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Let me live the life you died to give me. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we give God praise for everyone that accepted him today?